This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! Look, up in the sky! The bird, it's a plane! It's Superman! Yes, it's Superman! strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can leap tall buildings at a single bound, race a speeding bullet to its target, bend steel in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth and justice. But before we join Superman, listen... And now to our story. As you remember, Max Heller, the foreign agent, took a spy known as the Leopard Woman to his abandoned factory headquarters, there to destroy his folding wing plane hidden in an underground hangar. However, when he heard the voices of Kent and White in the corridor above, Heller opened the hangar doors and turned the valve to build up enough air pressure to catapult the plane into the sky. But just as he was about to climb into the ship, the woman dropped him with a bullet. The next moment, the plane shot out of the hangar like a rocket, with the leopard woman at the controls. Locating the trapdoor leading to the hangar, Kent and Perry White found Heller dying. In an effort to save his life so that he could be grilled, Kent, after sending White out to start the car, lifted Heller in his arms and started for Metropolis City Hospital as Superman. As our story continues today, it is long after midnight. Kent and Perry White are alone in the latter's office at the Daily Planet. Now, for the last time, Kent, what happened back at that factory? Where did you vanish to? I told you it can't be explained. Not now, at least. What do you mean it can't be explained? Oh, you wouldn't understand. Oh, I wouldn't understand. So that's it. What am I, a moron? Who do you think's been running this paper for 20 years? Santa Claus? All of a sudden, I wouldn't understand. Now, look here. Doesn't pay to lose your temper, Mr. White. Remember your high blood pressure. Don't you worry about my high blood pressure. If it hasn't come out the top of my head by now, it never will. Now, once and for all... Are you going to tell me where you and Helen disappeared to, or do I have to take drastic measures? Why won't you believe me, Mr. White? If I could tell you, I would. Well, why can't you tell me? You've got a tongue, and I've got a pair of ears. You talk with your tongue, and I'll hear with my ears. It isn't as easy as all that. Oh, no, isn't it? I suppose you think it was easy for me to run out of that underground hangar, get the car started, sit there for five minutes waiting for you to show up, and then search all over the place for you. I suppose you think that was easy. I'm sorry it had to happen that way. Your being sorry doesn't explain what did happen. Oh. How did you get Helen to the hospital? There wasn't another car within ten miles of that factory. What did you do? Sprout wings? Of course not. Then what did you do? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. There must have been another car. Uh, Another car? Yes. A car Heller used to get to the factory. That's it. Now, 
Now, why did you leave me in the lurch and take that car? Oh, well, now, now that you've managed to discover what happened, I'll tell you. It was a faster, more powerful machine. I figured I could get into Metropolis sooner and every minute counted. So you left me high and dry without saying a word about it. But it wasn't time. Wasn't time. You had all the time in the world and you knew it. What good did it do you to get to that dirty spite of the hospital? He's been in the coma ever since and he'll never come out of it. Well, there's one chance in a million and that's the chance I'm counting on. Heller knows plenty. If he does regain consciousness, he'll be glad to talk, if only to involve whoever shot it. Well, I can promise you he won't live, and he doesn't deserve to. Well, I don't know what I'm sitting around here for. Well, the hospital said they'd call every half hour. It's important that I be on tap in case he does come out of the coma. You can go home if you wish. Oh, thanks. Thanks. I appreciate your interest. Oh, come now, Mr. White. Don't lay it on too thick. Answer it. Say please. All right, please. No, no, answer it. <laughs> Hello. Oh, yes, Major. What? Where was it found? Yes, of course. I see. No, no, he's still in a coma. I expect a call from the hospital any moment now. Yes, I will. All right, fine. It was Major Campbell. The police found the burned wreckage of Heller's folding wing plane on the flatlands outside the city. Oh, uh, anyone in it? No, a motorist reported seeing the plane come down to a pancake landing, but before he could get to it, it burst into flames. He thought he saw someone running away, but he wasn't sure. Well, where does that get us? No place yet. All we know is that whoever shot Heller escaped in his catapulted plane. I told you I heard a hissing sound right after the gun was fired. That was the compressed air. So what? Well, it's after midnight and we're sitting here like a couple of stupid fools waiting for a man to die. No, no, no. Waiting for him to live. Oh, that's the hospital. Hello? Yes, I wondered what happened. No change, eh? No, when was that? Mm -hmm. What does Dr. Kingsley say? Mm -hmm. No, no, I'll be here all night if necessary. But yes, please do that, will you? Thank you. Goodbye. Mm, maybe you'll be here all night, but I won't. Still in the coma, huh? Yes, they gave him his third transfusion 15 minutes ago. Mm, if I had anything to do with it, I wouldn't waste a drop of good American blood on that rat. I don't seem to understand, Mr. White, that Max Heller holds the key to the entire espionage situation. You heard what he mumbled before he lost consciousness down in that underground hangar. Something about a leopard woman. Ah, he was out of his mind. No, not quite. The Secret Service has heard of an oriental spy ring called the Society of the Leopard. But they've never been able to run it down. If Heller pulls through and we can get him to talk, we might be able to clean up that ring. I'm getting a little fed up with this spy business. How far can any of them get in a country like this? Oh, that's what they said in France and Norway. How far can a few spies get? Well, you know what happened. They got far enough. Boring from within, spreading fear and discontent. You've seen apples that look perfect on the outside, but were rotten at the core, haven't you? Now, now, you don't have to preach to me. I'm not preaching. I'm just telling you a few things all Americans should know and realize and guard against. This is a big country. A handful of foreign spies or espionage agents could easily lose themselves among a hundred million people and cause more damage than, than a thousand enemy bombers. Mm, I suppose you're right. And that's the trouble. You always are right. Well, it's not a matter of right or wrong. We have nothing to fear from our outside enemies. The American Army and Navy can take care of that and will. It's the inside enemy that's dangerous. Men like Heller who are paid to create panic. And you don't have to worry about Heller from now on. If, by any miracle, he does live, he's behind the bars for keeps. No, but there are probably other Hellers to take his place. You've got to be on guard. Now what? Hello? It's the hospital again. Uh, what was that? Oh, Really? Oh, I see. Well, thanks very much. Yeah, good night. He's dead. No, he rallied after the last transfusion. Came out of the coma. 
Dr. Kingsley thinks he'll pull through. Well, what are we waiting for? Let's get down to the hospital. Oh, he's sleeping now. They drugged him. We can't see him until morning. You mean we can go home? Yeah, we might as well. Well, come on. The very sight of this office gives me the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> now, turn off the light, will you? Why, I ever got a Confident that Max Heller's recovery will ultimately lead to a solution of the espionage mystery, Clark Kent and Perry White leave the Daily Planet building and arrange to meet at the city hospital early the next morning. But across the city, in the shabby brownstone house that is the meeting place of the secret Society of the Leopard, the strange, dark-haired woman whose cunning mind directs the wide-flung Oriental spy ring is seated alone in the dimly lit conference room. The heavy, pungent odor of incense rises in gray wisps from a brass burner set on a carved pedestal. Nervously, the leopard woman fingers the newspaper spread out on the table in front of her. For the tenth time, her eyes scan a headline and read words that are by now familiar. Suddenly, her hand, with its pointed blood-red nails, reaches out, lifts a small felt-tipped hammer from the table, and strikes it against the chime. Behind her, a door opens soundlessly. The bland, yellow-skinned Oriental slips into the room. For a moment, he stands at the table, his eyes narrow slits in the oily smoothness of his face. And then, the leopard woman speaks. There is only one way, Tato. And that way is... We must see to it that his tongue does not pronounce for us a sentence of death. The mistake of putting only one bullet into his cowardly body must be corrected. Does it not say that he is close to death? Yes. Here in the paper. These American fools are like newborn children in their innocence. All things must be printed. Here it says in plain words, Heller was brought to the city hospital in a coma and no hope is held out for his recovery. That means, Cato, that he will probably die. Then we do not have to fear his tongue. So long as he draws breath, Cato, I will not rest easy. I have made up my mind. We must hasten his dying. May I ask how you propose to accomplish this? I have given it much thought. It is a task I shall have to perform myself. There will be danger. Yes. Can no one else perform this task? No one else. I will require a small, sharp knife, and of course, my revolver. The plan I have in mind is a simple one, Cato. I will go directly to the hospital where our courageous friend is hovering between life and death. There, I will present him with our final compliments. You are very courageous. The leopard is brave, Cato. The leopard is cunning. He fears no man, and all men fear him. So it is written in the sacred scroll. So it shall be. An hour later, in the entrance foyer of the city hospital, the night nurse on duty looks up as a heavily veiled woman approaches the desk. I should like to see a patient, Max Heller. Max Heller? Oh, yes, the emergency ward, second floor. I'm sorry, but he's on the danger list. Patients on the danger list are not permitted visitors. You may call on the phone to inquire as to his condition. That will not be necessary. I will see him now. But you can't let him. 
I think I have here in my purse some authority. Yes. Oh, quiet, you fool, or you will be a patient in your own hospital. Do not let the size of this revolver deceive you. It is very powerful. What do you want? Take me to the emergency ward on the second floor. I will walk close behind you. And remember, if you make one false move, one mistake, you will join Max Heller on the danger list. In the empty stillness, the leopard woman follows the terrified nurse down a dim-lit corridor like some shrouded wraith. The short, polished steel barrel of a revolver half-hidden under a dark cape. Will she succeed in her daring attempt to silence Max Heller forever? Don't miss the next episode. There's a thrill a minute. Tune in and listen with Superman. Don't forget, tune in again for the next thrilling episode with Superman. Look, up in the sky. The bird, it's a plane. It's Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. Subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot. Fun surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, Daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, those are facts just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's f-e-n-i-x media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird, it's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman. Strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can leap tall buildings at a single bound, race a speeding bullet to its target, bend steel in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth and justice. But before we join Superman, listen. And now to our story. When the mysterious and deadly leopard woman, leader of an oriental spy ring, was trapped in an underground room with Max Heller, a notorious foreign agent, she saved her own skin by shooting Heller and escaping in his folding wing plane. But Kent, as Superman, found the dying man and rushed him to a hospital, hoping to keep him alive so that he could be questioned as to the leopard woman's whereabouts and the extent of her operation. Learning that Heller might survive, the leopard woman, in a daring move, visited the city hospital in the dead of night hoping to complete the job her bullet had failed to accomplish. 
As our story continues today, the cunning female spy, heavily veiled, is forcing a terrified nurse to lead her to the emergency ward where Heller is hovering between life and death. Listen. Do not be deceived by the size of this revolver. It is no toy. Take me to the room where Max Heller is. I... I don't know the room. Don't lie. You told me a moment ago the emergency ward. Go ahead. And remember one word of you, one false move, and you will join Herr Heller on the danger list. Almost paralyzed with fright, the nurse leads the way down the deserted, dimly lit hospital corridor. A leopard woman following close behind, gun in hand. At the end of the corridor, the nurse stops. What are you stopping for? I, I tell you, I don't know the room. Maybe the feel of this revolver in your back will refresh your memory. No. Quiet. Enough of this nonsense. Take me to the emergency ward and be quick about it. I have very little patience. Pale and quivering, the nurse turns towards the door of the emergency ward at her left. But suddenly, a fear-choked scream whips my throat. She drops to the floor in a dead faint. You little fool. Almost instantly, doors swing open along the hospital corridor as nurses and attendants search for the source of the screen. Trapped, the leopard woman darts into the nearest room, finds it empty. Closing the door behind her, she moves swiftly to the window, opens it. With amazing agility, she climbs out, drops ten feet to the courtyard below, and melts into the darkness as the hospital corridor becomes alive with the excited babble of a dozen voices. An hour later... Clark Kent and Major Campbell, chief of the Secret Service, are questioning the still-terrified nurse in the office of the hospital superintendent. Try and remember exactly what happened, Miss Evans. Maybe a great help to us. Uh, you better take notes, Kent. Oh, yes, I will, Major. What time was it when the woman first approached your desk, Miss Evans? About 2.30. Uh, were you the only nurse on duty? No, Miss McCary and Miss Burns were on with me, but both of them were answering ward calls. The private nurses and attendants were in their rooms. It's usually that way between 2 and 5 in the morning. I see. Now, as I understand it, this woman forced you down the corridor at the point of a gun, threatening your life unless you led her to the emergency ward. That's right. And then you fainted. Yes, sir. I still don't know what happened to that woman. She escaped through the window of an empty room across the corridor from the emergency ward. Who was she? What did she want? We're not quite certain, Miss Evans. But uh, thank you for your information. I may go now? Certainly. And thank you very much. You're quite welcome, Well, there you have it, Kent. Probably the most daring attempt at murder ever conceived. Yeah. And if that girl hadn't screamed, it would have gone through. No question about it in my mind, Major. It was the leopard woman. Well, one thing is certain. She won't come back here. All we can do is sit tight until Heller is able to talk. Now, what did Dr. Kingsley say? Unless he has a relapse, he'll recover. Maybe a week before we can question him, huh? Mm, that's bad. Too much can happen in a week. I wouldn't be at all surprised if she and her society had something to do with those submarine attacks off our shore. Mm. After all, those subs must have had a radio contact on shore. That sounds likely. Can't that be checked? It can. It's very difficult. They change wavelengths frequently, even change the source of the signal. Mm. Like cracking down a weasel in a briar patch. But I'll put our shortwave listening force on guard. Well, no sense hanging around here any longer. Let's get some sleep. I think I'll spend the rest of the night at the hospital, Major. Well, don't you feel well? Oh, sure, I feel fine. It's just that, well, I think it's safer. Don't tell me you're getting jittery, Kent. 
Henderson in a private room with a six-foot-five cop at the door and two of our men are guarding the hospital entrance. Nobody could get through. No, I know that, but I've got a little idea I'd like to try out just to be on the safe side. It isn't very important. Well, suit yourself. I'm going home. I'll leave instructions that you're in charge. Okay. I'll probably let you sleep in an empty room. I'm sure nothing's going to happen, but uh, you know where to reach me if you want me. Yes, I have your number. Okay. Good night, Kent. Good night, Mr. Leaving Kent at the hospital, the Secret Service chief returns to his home for a few hours of well-earned rest. Meanwhile, in the brownstone house at the other end of the city, headquarters of the Society of the Leopard, the door of a room opens silently, and a Japanese accomplice enters with early editions of the morning papers. Seated at a table, clothed in her black silk ceremonial robe, the Leopard woman scans the front pages hurriedly. Yes, here it is, Kato. Just as I suspected. Listen. Early this morning, a daring attempt was made to snuff out the life of Hans Keller, notorious foreign agent, now held at the city hospital with a bullet wound in the chest. Keller is being given the best of medical care in the hope that he will recover and reveal all he knows about espionage activities in this country. You hear that, Kato? Yes, I hear. It is a hope that will never be realized. That man, Heller, cannot live, Kato. I shall have to try again. How will it be possible? Certainly they're taking precautions now, even if they did not before. There must be a way. Nothing is impossible. Perhaps you wish Kato to make supreme sacrifice? What do you mean? If Kato walk into hospital carrying bombs, there would be violent explosion. That's all? You speak with the true fearlessness of the leopard, Kato. But it would not work. The entrance must be guarded. You or Japanese could never gain admission. No. It must be done with cunning. Wait. I think I have a plan. Yes, a perfect plan. I will become a patient at the city hospital. Kato, do not understand. It's very simple. I'm going to be sick, Kato, violently sick. Summon one of our English-speaking friends who has pledged allegiance to the leopard. He will arrange for a private room and a private nurse. At the city hospital. I will be called Miss Brown. Miss Helen Brown. It is a common American name. They will not suspect the doctor? Not until it's too late. You forget I am an actress by profession. I can simulate pain very easily. Now quickly, call the council together. I must give them final instructions in that... Something unforeseen happens. Strike the gong. Hours later, just as dawn is breaking, a call buzzer summons a nurse into a private room at the city hospital. Yes, Miss Brown? I... I... I would like some water, please. Oh, sick. Here you are. Now drink it slowly. Thank you. 
How do you feel? I'm a little better. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. Now, why don't you try to sleep? I'm not sleepy. Uh, uh, there was something I wanted to ask you. Mm-hmm. My, uh, my brother, the gentleman who brought me here, said there had been some trouble at the hospital during the night. What was it? Oh, nothing very much. We have a foreign spy here. He was wounded when he was captured. Oh, I, I hope he's not been away near me. Oh, no, no. He's in a private room at the end of the corridor. And there's a policeman at the door. Don't worry. Oh. May I have my handbag, please? It's a power dresser. There you are. Thank you. Miss Brown, what are you doing? Getting out of bed. You're getting in. Oh! Keep that pretty mouth of yours shut if you know what's good for you. Oh. Take off that uniform. Take it off, I said. I don't carry this revolver around to powder my nose with. It works. Now get that uniform off and get it off fast. Or this is the last nursing job you will ever do. Forcing the nurse to remove her uniform, let the woman dons it, tears the bedsheet into strips and binds and gags the helpless girl on the bed. Then, darkening the room, she steps out into the corridor. At the end of the corridor, a burly policeman is seated at a door. And let the woman, with a crisp white uniform and cap of perfect disguise, approaches him. Good morning. Good morning, miss. Oh, don't get up. I'm just going to have a look at our valuable patient. He hasn't given you any trouble, has he? Well, not him. He's out cold. Yes. Fortunately. Unsuspected, a leopard woman slips into Max Keller's room, silently approaches the bed. Only a thin shaft of gray light filters into the drawn shade. Reaching out, her supple fingers with their cruel pointed nails fasten on Keller's throat. This is the moment for which she has been waiting. Don't miss the next startling episode if you want thrills galore. What can possibly stop the leopard woman now? Tune in and listen with Superman. Don't forget, tune in again for the next thrilling episode with Superman. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Yes, it's Superman! Strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can leap tall buildings at a single bound, race a speeding bullet to its target, Ben Steele in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth and justice. But before we join Superman, listen. And now to our story. When a frightened nurse's half-choked scream foiled the leopard woman's daring attempt to kill Max Heller in the emergency ward of the city hospital... 
the cunning, fearless leader of an oriental spy ring known as the Society of the Leopard, decided to try again. Hella, hovering between life and death as a result of a bullet from the leopard woman's gun, might talk if he lived. Might talk too much. He had to die. But now the task was more difficult. Hella had been transferred to a private room guarded by a burly policeman. Two secret servicemen were stationed at the hospital entrance. And Clark Kent, newly appointed a special government agent, was somewhere in the building. But once again, the mysterious woman's cunning conceived a plan. At the secret headquarters of the Leopard Society, she explained it to Cato, one of her Jap henchmen. It's very simple, Cato. I'm going to be sick, violently sick. We will arrange for a private room at the city hospital and a private nurse. Summon one of our English-speaking friends who has pledged allegiance to the leopard. He will assist me. Simulating pain, the leopard woman was taken to the hospital. Alone with her nurse, she dropped the guise of illness and at gunpoint forced the frightened girl to remove her starched uniform. Take that uniform off. I don't carry this gun around to powder my nose with. It works. Get that uniform off, or this will be the last nursing job you'll ever handle. Leaving the helpless nurse bound and gagged on the bed, the leopard woman, dressed in the starched white uniform and cap, approached the policeman seated at the door of Heller's room. Good morning. Morning, miss. Oh, don't get up. I'm just going in to have a look at our valuable patient. He hasn't given you any trouble, has he? No, not him. He's out cold. Yes, fortunately. Unsuspected, the leopard woman slips into Max Heller's room, darkened by drawn shades. Moving swiftly to the bed, her supple fingers reach out to fasten on the unconscious Heller's throat. You stupid fool. To think you could ever escape me. No man escapes the leopard. It's too bad you are not conscious. I should like very much to see your eyes as my fingers tighten on your throat. I should like to see your face. You can if you turn on the light. Oh. That was my throat your fingers were fastened on. Hella was moved let, to another room. Let go of me. Oh, no. Let go of me. As you see, sometimes even oh. leopards are caught in traps. No, no, I You can come in now, Joe. Oh, I'm kidding. Either one, Mr. Kent. Yes, turn on the light. Okay. <laughs> no use struggling. It's all over. Put the breakfast on it, Joe. You'll pay for this. You'll pay with blood. Tough baby, ain't she? Yes. Come on, sister. I... These ain't got no diamonds in them, but they oh, shine pretty. My... There we are. Now, you'll save yourself a lot of trouble by going along quietly, leopard woman. I think you're very clever, don't you? you? Ain't so dumb. You fell for that switch gag, hook, line, and sinker. Fools, both of you. Stupid fools. Take it to headquarters, Joe. I'll pick Major Campbell up and meet you there. First, I've got to see what happened to that nurse. Now, watch her. She's tricky. Don't worry about me, Mr. Kent. She ain't getting away from me. Come on, sister. Dr. Harlow wanted in surgery. Dr. Harlow wanted in surgery. Dr. Harlow wanted in surgery. As I told you a dozen times, Mr. Kent and I can stay here till the cows come home. We have nothing else to do. Are you going to talk or aren't you? I have nothing to say. Uh, see what you can do, Kent. In another minute, I'll slap her insolent face. I can't blame you much, Major. You, uh, you are known as the leopard woman, aren't you? I have nothing to say. You're only making it more difficult for yourself. Don't you realize that? What's your name? 
I have nothing to say. You said plenty when you were leaning over that bed with your hands on my throat, certain that you were about to murder Max Heller. You had plenty to say then. How you would have liked to see my eyes and my face. And you also said that no man escapes the leper. Do you remember that? Do you? Now, look here. Just a minute, Major. I'm not going to put up with this for long, Kent. She's a spy, and she deserves no consideration whatsoever. There are ways of making her talk. No, we can always fall back on that. Perhaps we can reason with her, explain a few things. Particularly that we know she shot Max Heller and escaped in his folding wing plane. Naturally, Heller isn't going to feel very kindly toward her once he recovers from the bullet wound. You, uh, you understand that, don't you? I have nothing to say. You understand that Heller, in seeking revenge for your having almost taken his life, will completely expose you. It's just a matter of time. Major Campbell might consent to give you special consideration if you cooperate. Well? I have nothing to say. All right, Kent. We're through handling her with kid gloves. Now let's try something else. I'll take it. Hello. Just a moment. You, Major. Oh, thanks. Hello? Oh, yes, Dr. Kingsley. What? No. I see. All right. Yes, I will. Bye. Something wrong, Major? Heller died ten minutes ago. What? <laughs> Stop that insane laughter. Get her out of here, Kent. Lock her up. Come along. What am I going to tell Okay, Mr. Kent. Oh, Heller's death is quite a blow, Kent. I... I was counting on him to clean everything up. Oh, we still have the leopard woman. Now, she won't spill anything. You can bank on that. Her insolence amazes me. In any other country, she'd be backed up against a wall and shot. Sometimes I think we treat people too well over here. Major, I'm sure we can figure this thing out. There must be some way of tracking down her spy ring, even if she refuses to talk. Wait a minute. Wait, now, th- this may sound ridiculous to you, but it might work. Suppose we let her escape. Kent, are you crazy? No, no, now wait, not entirely. Listen to this. If we engineered it so that she could escape without suspecting we helped her along, someone could follow her to wherever the ring's headquarters are. Mm, That's terribly risky. I don't see why. I could trail her without any trouble. You think she'd fall for it? She's smart, you know. Well, we can try. Look, you have a couple of Japanese on your staff, haven't you? Interpreters and translators? Yes. We'll make use of one of them. Well, how? We'll put him in the cell next to hers. She won't be able to see him, but she can hear him. After all, all Japs sound alike. We'll provide him with a key to the cell door that he can slip to her. The prison guards will have to be told, of course, to keep out of her way when she opens the cell door to let her escape. Then I'll be waiting outside to trail her. You mean we'll be waiting outside? This is my party, too, you know. I didn't mean it as a slight, Major. It's just that one man can get around faster. Don't worry about my getting around. I've been doing it for 40 years. I think I know how. Come on. If we're going to try your scheme, let's get going. I certainly hope it works. It'll take a big load off my mind. With the aid of a native Japanese attached to the espionage division of the Secret Service, Kent and Major Campbell set up the trap, baited with an opportunity for the leopard woman to escape. Outside the prison, they wait in a car parked in a dark alley, motor running and Kent at the wheel. It's been an hour since Moyata was locked up in that cell, Kent. Think something's gone wrong? Oh, no, no, she's too cagey to make a quick break. After all, she doesn't know the way is clear. She thinks guards are walking the corridors. Give her time, Major. I'm to give her a rope around her neck. No, I know I'm not supposed to say things like that, but I can't help it. Well, unless I miss my guess, we'd be rounding up quite a flock of spies before the night's over, Major. You won't have to worry about it anymore. 
At least not as far as the Leopard Society is concerned. I've got six men in a staff car waiting to follow us. They're up the street. Good. I just hope the uh, procession doesn't fight me. Oh, I told them to keep well behind us. Oh. Chances are she'll hop one of those cams over there as soon as she gets out. They're all driven by servicemen. Say, wait a minute. What about money? Hmm? How can she take a cab without money? Oh, I thought of that. I gave your Jap a $5 bill to wrap the key in. <laughs> nice going, Kent. Keep low, Major. Hmm? Top off. Here she comes. Oh, I see her. Crossing the street. Hugging the buildings. I would have lost her. No, she's heading for one of the cabs. Didn't take her long to spot them. I see her now. She's getting in. Let's go, Kent. Not yet. Give the cab a chance to pull away. And there it goes. Okay. What about lights, Kent? We run without them. Where's the cab? Just turn the corner. I told those fools not to lose us. Run slowly. Don't you worry. There it is, up ahead. Is the other car behind us? Yes, sir. I can't tell. Evidently, it took your cue, running without lights. Oh, that's fine. Just you sit tight, Major. This is going to work out swell. I hope so, Kent. Going into that building. Motion your other car to come ahead. It's right in back of us. Oh, good. Now we'll have to close in fast. All right, boys. Remember what I told you. If possible, we want them all alive, particularly the woman. But if you have to, use those Tommy guns. Riley, you and Duncan, wait out front. Okay. Well, don't take the rear of the building, and the rest of you come along with Kent and myself. Come on, let's go. Which house was it, Kent? These brownstones are alike. Third from the corner. That one. Hey, wait a minute. You have no gun, have you? I won't need one. Here we are. Shh. Okay, men. Ready, Major. Get set. Is the door locked, Kent? I'll see. No. It's open. Well, it looks as though the Society of the Leopard is about to be disbanded. Or has the cunning mind of the mysterious leopard woman conceived another surprise for Kent and Major Campbell? Don't miss the next thrilling episode. Tune in and listen, we're the Superman! Don't forget, tune in again for the next thrilling episode with Superman! Look, up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can leap tall buildings at a single bound, race a speeding bullet to its target, bend steel in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, 
mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth and justice. But before we join Superman, listen. And now to our story. Although Clark Kent, by a clever ruse, succeeded in capturing the mysterious Leopard Woman, cunning leader of an Oriental spy ring, nothing was gained. The woman, even though threatened with all manner of punishment, refused to talk. To make matters worse, Max Heller, the foreign agent who might have exposed the spy ring, suffered a relapse and died of the bullet wound inflicted by the Leopard Woman. Up against the blank wall, Major Campbell, chief of the espionage division of the Secret Service, appealed to Kent. It was decided to match fire with fire, cunning with cunning, to let the Leopard Woman escape from the city prison where she was being held in the hope that she would lead Kent and Major Campbell to the headquarters of the spy ring. As our story continues today, the scheme is working perfectly. Three Secret Service operatives armed with Tommy guns are following Kent and Major Campbell as they approach the brownstone house the Leopard Woman has just entered. Two more armed men are stationed across the street, and the third is guarding the rear. Listen. Is the door out, Kent? I don't know, Major. I'll see. No, it's not locked. All right, men. Get set. All right, Major. Open it, Kent. All right. Always pitch dark. I've got a flash. Wait a minute. There. Keep it down low and follow me. Hey, wait a minute. I smell something funny. Hmm? Smell again? Yes. Incense. Think we'd better separate, Major. Send two of your men upstairs and we'll comb this lower floor. Good idea. O'Hara, stay with us. Kane, you and Johnson see what you can find upstairs. Okay. There's a room to the right. We'll try that first. Then let O'Hara get up front with his Tommy gun. He can stand alongside of me. I'll shoot the flash into the room. Let me have it. All right. Here, thanks. All set, O'Hara? Yes, sir. All right, I'll swing the door open. <coughs> the room's empty. So it seems. Try that light switch. See if it works. Huh, it works all right. But the room hasn't a stick of furniture in it. Yeah. Smell that incense? Pretty strong in here. I know, Kent, but the room's empty. Well, it hasn't been empty long. Oh, Harry, you run upstairs and see what's doing. Chances are you'll find it deserted. Okay. Kent, you mean the whole house is empty? I'm afraid so. Hey, why are you poking in the fireplace? Well, these ashes are still warm. In fact, there's a piece of incense still smoldering. That means they haven't been gone long. But, Kent, what about the woman? Where is she? Mr. Kent. Wait a minute. Uh, yes, O'Hara? The rooms are all empty up here. I figured they would be. You can come down. Kent, you said this was the house she entered. It is. Unfortunately, this hall runs right through. She went in the front way and out the back. Well, then she's gone. She's tricked us. I don't think that's quite it. What do you mean, not quite it? I don't think she knew the house was empty. Otherwise, why did she come here? Well, to throw us off the scent. She knew we were following her. Mm, possibly. I think there's more to it than that. You'd better have your men make a thorough search of the house anyway. We'd better get to a phone and call police headquarters. If she's wandering around the street, some prowl car might pick her up. It's worth sending out an alarm. I noticed a drugstore up the street. There must be a public phone there. You start the men searching the house. I'll put the call in. I'll let you get the car. Major Campbell's office. Who? Oh, send him in. It's O'Hara. Oh. They're all through searching the house. Did they find anything? He's coming right in. Oh, yes, O'Hara. Come in. Anything turn up? Just this silver metal. Metal? Yeah, let's see it. Hmm. Japanese letters. Wait, that's not all. Isn't that a crouched leopard in the center? You're right, Kent, it is. Hmm. Probably the medallion of the Leopard Society. Those letters must mean something. Well, we'll find out if they do. O'Hara, get hold of Muyato. Have him translate this. Yes, sir. 
Finding that medallion proves one thing, Major. What? That the Brownstone House was the headquarters of the spiring. Oh, rather good that does us. You certainly managed to mess things up, Kent. Max Heller dead, the leopard woman at liberty. Nothing to show for our efforts but a silver medal. Let's wait till Washington hears about this. If I'm not transferred to the garbage brigade, I'll be very much surprised. Major Campbell speaking. Oh, yes, Sahara. Uh, no, wait, wait, a, wait a minute. Let me jot that down. All right, go ahead. The Society of the Leopard. Well, is that all? Right. We had to translate the Japanese letters on the medal. Yes, I heard. The Society of the Leopard, eh? And we let us slip through our fingers like a couple of bungling rookies. No word from the police, I suppose. No. You can bet your bottom dollar they won't pick her up either. She's too smart for that. Probably headed straight for another hideout after giving us the slip. I don't think so, Major. In fact, I'm not quite sure she even knows where the rest of her gang have gone. Well, now, isn't that a stupid statement? You mean to say they'd clear out without telling her where they were going? Now, look, see if this makes sense. I've been mulling it around in my head ever since we got back here. The leopard woman knew she was running into danger when she made that second trip back to the hospital. If anything went wrong, she couldn't possibly get away. Not with the place guarded the way it was. Well, what's the point? I'm coming to it. Realizing that she might fail, she probably issued instructions that if she wasn't back within a, well, a given number of hours, her gang was to clear out of that brownstone house. And leave her hanging? <laughs> Don't be silly. Now, just a minute. You've got to understand a woman like that. If her plan to do away with Heller failed, as it did... She knew she'd be caught and subjected to questioning, possibly even a third degree. I still don't get your point. Well, it's simply this. Rather than run the risk of having to reveal the whereabouts of her gang if the police put her through a third degree, she made sure she wouldn't know by telling them to pick another hideout of their own choice. Oh, now look, Kent, that doesn't make sense. Here's a woman who's the brains of a spy ring. Well, you mean to tell me she gave her henchmen instructions to clear out without letting her know where they were going? She didn't want to know. In that way, she couldn't ever be forced to reveal their whereabouts, no matter what happened. Well, how is she going to locate them now? Well, they'll communicate with her somehow. Of course, you understand this is all theory. Nothing like it may have happened. Well, as far as I'm concerned, Kent, the only thing that happened was that we handled this assignment like a couple of amateurs. Boy scouts could have done better. Yeah. And where are you going? I'm back to my office. There's no sense hanging around here. I want to think this thing over. I'll walk by the hospital and see how Jimmy Olsen's getting along. I almost forgot about him and all his excitement. Call me if you need me. Well, the chances are we won't need you, Kent. Huh? Thanks very much for your help. You mean I'm through? Well, from now on, I think we'd better stick to the tried and true methods of rounding up spies. I see. All right. Goodbye, Major. Goodbye, Kent. Stung at the sudden dismissal... Clark Kent returns directly to the editorial room of the Daily Planet. As he steps into his office, he finds Lois Lane seated at his desk. Well, look who's here. A long-lost Secret Service man. Come on in. You're a sight for sore eyes. Looks like I've been dispossessed. Not quite. It was too noisy out there, and since nobody knew when you were returning to the fold, I decided to make use of your desk. I'll move this junk out. No, stay right where you are. How's Mr. White? Fine. And Jimmy's getting along swell. I saw him at noon today. Uh-huh. He asked after you. Yeah, I know. I've been so busy, I haven't had a chance to think. How does it feel being a big Secret Service operative? Well, it doesn't anymore. I've been fired. No kidding. Uh-huh. Why? No, it's a long, sad story, Lois. I'll save it for some other time. Now, what are you so busily engaged in with all these competitive newspapers here? The Sentinel, the Clarion, the Bugle? Oh, I don't know. 
Someone evidently sent Mr. White a memorandum stating that we weren't getting as much classified advertising as our competitors. So he sat me down to check it. I'm an expert on help wanted, situations wanted, and miscellaneous merchandise. (laughs) For instance, would you like to buy a complete set of electric Christmas tree ornaments, only slightly used? Or uh, a genuine leopard skin? Or a... What was that last one? For immediate sale, genuine leopard skin. Call 4836. Mm-hmm. When did that ad appear? In tomorrow's sentinel. This is an advanced copy. Oh. What's all the excitement? Did someone steal your pet leopard and skin it? Oh, we're going to check that telephone number, find out the address, and then go down and buy that leopard skin as husband and wife. Come on. like it down here at the waterfront, especially with that fog rolling in. It's just another block or two. 410 Front Street. That taxi let us off at the wrong corner. Clark, do you really think that ad has anything to do with the leopard woman? Oh, I don't know. It's just a wild stab. Oh, here's the house. It's vacant. All the windows are boarded up. No, it doesn't mean anything. Come on. There's a light in the upstairs hall. Oh, I told you the boarding didn't mean anything. Watch these steps. They don't look too solid. This is not my idea of fun. I can think of a lot of things I'd rather do. Forget your Mrs. Jones. Now, this looks like the door. How can anyone live in a place like this? You'd be surprised. Someone's coming. Who is it? Uh, Mr. Brower? Yes? We've come in reference to that leopard skin you advertised. Just a minute. Taking an awfully long time to open that door. Oh, how do you do? Come in. Oh, thank you. Uh, my name is Jones. This is Mrs. Jones. How do you do? Uh, how do you do? So, you want to buy the leopard skin? We'd like to see it. Oh. You want to see it? Yes. All right. Wait a minute. I got it in the next room. I'll bring it in. Thank you. Hmm. Strange bird, isn't he? Clark. I don't like this. Well, I can't say we do either. Is Ken's hunch right? Was the advertisement in the paper intended to lead the leopard woman back to her henchmen? You'll find out when you hear the next exciting episode, so don't miss it. Tune in and follow the story with Superman. Don't forget, tune in again for the next thrilling episode with Superman. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior!
thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Presenting the transcription feature... Superman! Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Yes, it's Superman! Strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can leap tall buildings at a single bound, race a speeding bullet to its target, then steal in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper fights a never-ending battle for truth and justice. But before we join Superman, listen. And now to our story. When the Leopard Woman, cunning leader of an oriental spy ring, gained her freedom by a clever ruse, Major Campbell, chief of the Secret Service, dismissed Clark Kent from further duty. Kent, who had created the plan of letting the leopard woman escape from jail so that she might lead them to the spy ring's headquarters, was certain she herself had no idea where her henchmen had moved after abandoning their original hideout. Kent felt the leopard woman was waiting somewhere for a message. At the Daily Planet office, Kent found Lois going over some classified ads, one of which, strangely enough, offered a leopard skin for sale. On the slim chance that this was the message, he traced the address of the telephone number given in the ad, and taking Lois with him, made a call on the advertiser, a man named Brower. As we join them, they are standing in the dimly lit second floor hallway of a waterfront house. Off in the distance, the foghorn of a light ship moans eerily. Kent knocks on the door. How can anyone live in a place like this? You'd be surprised. Shh, someone's coming. Who is it? Uh, Mr. Brower? Yes? We've come in reference to that leopard skin you've advertised. Just a minute. Taking an awfully long time to open that door. Shh. Oh, how do you do? I mean... Oh, thank you. My name is Jones. This is Mrs. Jones. How do you do? How do you do? So... You want to buy the leopard skin? Oh, we, uh, we'd like to see it. Oh, you want to see it? Yes. All right. I got it in the next room. I'll bring it in. Thank you. Hmm. Strange bird, isn't he? Clark, I don't like this. There's something fishy about this place. It's the salt air blowing in from the ocean. Oh, don't be funny. Well, I'm not being funny. This house is practically in the water. Please, Clark, let's get out of here. I'm getting nervous. If I had... No. Clark, the door behind you. Yes, Mr. Kent, the door behind you. I'll close it now. There seems to be a draft. 
You can put that gun away. I feel much more comfortable with it in my hand, if you don't mind. Won't you be seated, you and Mrs. Jones? I'm sorry we haven't more comfortable chairs, but there hasn't been time to furnish the house. You understand, I'm sure. I understand perfectly. Yes, of course. You're a clever young man, Mr. Kent. Clark, must she point that gun at us? Don't worry. I have a very steady hand. Is <laughs> she the leopard woman? Yes, little one. I am the leopard woman. Well, now that we walked into your parlor, what's the next move? A very sensible question, Mr. Kent. The next move is mine. What's it going to be? I haven't decided yet. Until I do, you will be my guest. Excuse me. Brower? Yes? We will have two guests, Brower. Mr. Kent and his charming companion. They have no further interest in a leopard skin, but will spend the night with us. <laughs> Down below? Yes. I should think so. This is an old house, Mr. Kent. In years gone by, it was owned by a sea captain, a slave trader. In the basement, he built a large, well-constructed cell to house his slaves until it was time to ship them to the market. There are no beds, but I have already arranged for mattresses to be placed on the floor. Oh, that's very kind of you. Don't mention it. You were kind to me in permitting me to escape from that horrible prison. I am only showing my appreciation. Take them down, Brower. You have a gun? Yes. The others are on guard? Yes. Very good. Au revoir, Mr. Kent. Good night, little one. Come on, Jones. Grab the missus and I'll show you the nicest leopard skin you ever laid eyes on. <laughs> damp down here. Don't worry, Lois. We won't be here long. You keep saying that, but how can we get out? The bars across this cage are an inch thick. I can get you out any time I want to. Well, why don't you, instead of talking about it? What was that? Nothing. I know what it was. It was a rat. Don't be silly. Oh, the place is probably full of them. Oh, why did I ever let you get me into this? I'm such a fool. Lois, please, get a grip on yourself. We're working for the government now. These people are spies. Espionage agents. They're a menace to the country's welfare. We've got to stick it out until we learn more about them, how they're operating. And then what? Well, then we'll round them up. Oh, just like that. You'll throw out your chest and walk right through those iron bars. Superman. Uh, I, I never said I'd walk through the iron bars. Uh, you'll squeeze through them. Well, now you're being silly. Well, maybe it sounds silly to you, but I'm cold and damp and... Oh, dear, what's the... Oh, there goes another rat. Won't be long before they decide to come in and sample us. Clark? Clark? What is it? Why didn't you answer me? I can't see a thing in this pitch blackness. Where are you? Right here, at the bars. What are you doing? I'm listening. Shh. 
For a moment, Clark Kent steps into the role of Superman. And making use of his amazing sense of hearing, listens in on a conversation emanating from the floor above. A conversation that can be heard by his ears alone. Have you had time to assemble the radio apparatus? No. Well, do that as quickly as possible. We must make contact. When did the last report go out? The day before yesterday. Assemble the radio and let me know the moment it is ready. Okay. Clark, what are you listening to? I... I thought I heard voices. Rats, that's what you heard. Listen to them like I've heard of elephants. Why don't you try sleeping, Lois? Go to sleep? Not on your life. At least you can lie down. On what? Here's a mattress. No, thanks. I want to be as far away from the floor as possible. Be quiet. Someone's coming. If it's Madam Leopard Woman, just let me... Quiet, Lois. I didn't see anyone. Did you... Yes, a jet. You must have cat's eyes. How can you see anything in this pitch black darkness? Maybe it's a gift. He opened what looked like a fuse box and pulled a switch. Can you hear anything? No. There's a faint hum. Wait a minute. Now where are you going? Just listening. Shh. What do you expect to hear? Please, Lois. Once again, making use of Superman's amazing sense of hearing... Clark Kent picks up the voices of the leopard woman and her henchman Brower. What report have we on the movement of ships? Only one report. An oil tanker sailed from here yesterday morning. Do we know its approximate position? Yes. Seventy miles due east. How large a ship is it? Nine thousand tons. Flying what flag? United States. What is the ship's name? The Miramar. Make contact with the U-27. Give her the position of this oil tanker. Use code W on 22 kilocycles. Right. Clark. Just a minute, Lois. What in heaven's name do you expect to see it? I've heard plenty. We've got to get out of here in a hurry. What do you want me to do? Rub Aladdin's lamp and make a wish? We don't have to do that. I just discovered that a couple of the iron bars are loose. I think I can force them out. At least I can try. Now you listen and tell me if anyone's coming. Okay. How does it look? All right. There goes one. And it's number two. I think we can squeeze through now. Come on. All right, now just take it easy. Okay. Careful. There. I'm through. Can you make it? Yep. There we are. Now, how do we get out of the safe? Up those steps. There's a rear door. I noticed it when we were brought down here. Now, be as quiet as you can. Okay. Careful. Open the door gently. Oh, we're lucky. The fog's like pea soup. Certainly feels good to get out of that dungeon. Come on, we haven't time to talk. I've got to put you into a cab. Where are you going? Never mind. You get to Major Campbell's office as fast as you can. Tell him about this place. Have him raid the house and round them all up. Oh, there's a taxi in front of that diner. But, Clark... What I say, Lois? Now, here, get in. Municipal building driver, as fast as you can make it. Clark! Now, I've got some work to do as Superman. There was no mistaking that message the Leopard Woman sent. It was to a submarine giving the position of an American oil tanker. I've got to get to that tanker before it's torpedoed. 70 miles due east. If I can find it in all this fog, I'm good. Up! Up! And away! Then 
Tape streaming, Superman vanishes into the heavy fog rolling in from the sea, heading due east in search of the doomed oil tanker. Somewhere in the vastness of the fog-bound ocean, an enemy submarine is preparing to stalk its unknowing prey. Will Superman locate the oil tanker before a deadly torpedo does? Don't miss the next exciting episode. Tune in and follow the story with Superman. Don't forget, tune in again for the next thrilling episode with Superman. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. Something right here, uh huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot. Lots of prizes delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, Daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! To the Loot Crate box. What's with kids today, huh? Wowzers! With crates starting as low as $11.99 per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, no, it's Superman. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! Look, up in the sky! It's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Yes, it's Superman! Strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can leap tall buildings at a single bound, race a speeding bullet to its target, then steal in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth and justice. But before we join Superman, listen... And now to our story. When Clark Kent came across a classified newspaper advertisement offering a leopard skin for sale, he suspected it was a secret message connected with the Society of the Leopard, an oriental spy ring. Tracing the address from the telephone number given in the ad, he and Lois Lane called on the advertiser, a man named Brower. Sure enough, they were met by the mysterious leopard woman herself, who, gun in hand, ordered them locked in a basement cell. There, making use of Superman's amazing sense of hearing, Kent listened to the Leopard Woman issuing orders to contact an enemy submarine by shortwave radio and give it the location of an American oil tanker. In the darkness of the basement cell, Kent, in his true role of Superman, removed two iron bars from the door and escaped with Lois. Putting her into a taxi, he instructed her to get to Major Campbell, the Secret Service chief at once, to tell him to raid the waterfront hideout of the spy ring. And then, as Superman, he flew out over the fog-bound ocean searching for the doomed tanker, hoping to find it before a deadly torpedo added it to the toll of sunken ships. 
As our story continues today, the tanker, loaded with precious oil and bound for an Allied port, is moving slowly through the dense fog, its horn sounding dismally. And on the bridge, Captain Hanson and his first mate are peering into the gray-shrouded darkness, unaware of the danger lurking ahead. Never seen it since they got here this time of the year. They're slow down, Grace. Yes, sir. That's better. Got a man aloft? Yes, sir. That's as hard. He can't see any more than we can. How are we on course? Dead on, sir. Well, this soup should lift once we clear Weldon Reef. Bad night for submarines, I'd say. Oh, no. They like thick weather. Gives them a chance to surface without being spotted. I'm not worried about submarines. They're well offshore since the Coast Patrol got after them. The last sinking did the trick. I just don't want to ram a patrol boat or a destroyer. What's that up ahead? Hmm? I don't see a thing. No, I guess not. On course? Point off to starboard. Keep her dead on, Graves. There's a three-mile drift through here. We don't want to pile up on Weldon Reef. Well, I might as well go below. No use standing up here when I... What was that? Sounded like wind. Don't be a fool. Fog doesn't lay low when there's wind. I don't hear it anymore. Might have been a whale surfacing. What's happening on deck? I don't know, sir. I'll see. Oh, no, you stay here. Watch the course. I'll go down. What's going on here? Captain Henson. Yes? Just a minute, please. I'm the cause of the trouble, Captain. Your men ganged up on me. Peter Stooley. Yeah. All right, call the owner. Quiet. Quiet. Uh, what's this about? I've come to warn you that your ship is in danger of being torpedoed by an enemy submarine. How do you know? What difference does it make? I know. Makes this difference, mister. You're a liar and a stowaway. Now, wait. down, I tell you. Look, I, I know it's hard to believe, Captain, but I'm neither a liar nor a stowaway. How'd you get on board this ship? Well, I, I, I can't tell you. Oh, you can't, eh? Well, maybe I can tell you a few things. We're shipping valuable cargo through tough water, and we haven't time to stand around talking. The men were right. Irons is the place for you. Uh, All right, pipe down. I'll handle it. Before you do anything, Captain, I suggest you listen to me. This is a serious matter. A foreign U-boat knows your position. You may be torpedoed at any moment. Mm. How'd you come by all that information? That isn't important. If you take my advice, you'll change your course. I'm not in the habit of taking anybody's advice, mister. Oh. On the deck of my own ship. Stenson, the valve. Take him below. Hey, Now do you believe me? That was a shell fired across your bow. All right, full speed ahead. And the boat. Stop to it, folks. Stand it like full. Full speed ahead. Full speed ahead. Submarine off port bow. You. You better stand by at a boat, mister. We're carrying a shipload of oil. If one of those shells or a torpedo hits us, we're finished. I don't think you have much to worry about, Captain. But next time, remember to take good advice. Hey, where are you going? Come back here. Come back. Come back. Sorry, but I have a date with that submarine. As Superman, before it finds the range and blows your ship sky high. Now, this looks like a good jumping off place. Up, up, and away! Leaping over the rail, Superman wings out through the fog, hovers for a moment above the black conning tower of the foreign sub, and then, with a strange smile lighting his face, dives into the water. Coming up underneath the U-boat's sleek stern, he reaches out, and as though they were made of putty, rips off the two slowly turning propellers and lets them sink to the bottom of the ocean. Then, coming to the surface, he sets his muscular shoulder against the steel hull. <laughs> Now, my murderous friends, you're taking a ride. A ride you'll never forget, straight into the United States Navy Yard. Here you go. Ah. Ah. 
Daily Planet. Clark Kent speaking. Connect me with Carmody. Editorial room? One moment, Mr. Kent. Thank you. Carmody Editorial. Oh, Bill, this is Clark Kent. Now, get this. It's a scoop. Go ahead. The 210-foot foreign submarine U-27 lost its way in the dense fog tonight and sailed into the U.S. naval base with all hands on board. What? Now, wait. That's not all. Seventy members of the crew and 22 officers were immediately interned. Captain Fritz Gertler, spelled G-O-E-T-T-L-E-R, commanding the U-boat, was taken to the Office of Naval Intelligence for questioning. He seemed in a dazed condition. That's all for now, Bill. I'll come back to you later. Kent, that's plenty. Wow, what a story. Say, uh, is uh, Lois Lane around the office? Yeah, yeah, hold on. Where in heaven's name have you been? Never mind that now. Did you see Major Campbell? Yes. Did you tell him to raid that house? Yes, I told him. Oh, good. He should have them all behind bars by now. I'm afraid he has. What do you mean? Practically threw me out of his office. What? And he said to tell you to stick to reporting. He'll handle the spies. Oh, wait a minute. Well, that's what he said. Where are you? In a phone booth. I'm going right down to see Campbell. Better get some shock absorbers. You'll certainly get thrown out, and fast. Don't you worry about that. I'll see you later, Lois. So long. Well, the last time, Kent, stopped bothering me. Well, I am I... not interested in waterfront houses or leopard skins or any of your fantastic stories. But, Major Campbell, this isn't a fantastic story. Miss Lane and I were down there. We saw the leopard woman. She locked us in a basement cell. How did you get out? Well, a, a, a couple of the iron bars were loose on the cell door. I you... know. You chewed them in half. Well, or maybe you twisted them into pretzels. <laughs> Why not? You're Superman, aren't you? Whoever said I was Superman? Well, you certainly talk big enough. I'm sorry. I've got work to do. Important oh, work. Please, Major Campbell, this is the opportunity of a lifetime. That waterfront house is the new headquarters of the Leopard Society. They even have a shortwave radio sending apparatus there. What's the address? 410 Front Street. And the man's name, the one you mentioned? Brower. We'll just check that. O'Hara. Yes, sir? Check the phone company and find out whether a man named Brower lives at 410 Front Street. Call me back. Right. I don't know why I'm even wasting this much time on you. You're wasting time, all right, but not on me. We should be down at that house now. Sure, you like empty houses. Oh. You took me to one not so long ago. Listen, this one isn't empty. I told you it's the spy ring's new headquarters. You know, I could go down there myself and round them up, but I... Oh, Superman again, eh? Well, yes, I... I mean, no, no, of course not, but... Yes? That checks, Major. Richard Brower, 410 Front Street. Phone number is 4857. Thanks. Well? That's the name. And I'm still not convinced. All right, I'll get the police to make the raid. They'll believe uh, me. Now, wait a minute. Now, take one more chance, Kent. Just one more. How many men do we need? At least ten. The house should be surrounded so that not one of them can escape. Well, I know I'm a stupid fool to be doing this, but maybe it'll teach me a lesson. O'Hara? Yes, sir? Round up ten men and meet me downstairs as soon as possible. Uh, you'd better give them Tommy guns. Okay. Come on. Let's get it over with. Meanwhile, at the waterfront headquarters of the spy ring, all is feverish activity as the leopard woman prepares to vacate the house. This would not be necessary except that you are all such fools. Why did not one of you at least know that the bars of the cell could be removed by a child? That isn't true. We found them bent. I suppose he bent them with his hands. Put that box over there, Cato. Is that what you mean, Brower? I don't know how he bent them. All you know is that they are gone, both of them. And we have to run like rats in the night for fear of being trapped. Come away from that window. We haven't much time. We've got to get out of here. I'm afraid it's too late. 
What do you mean? Look, down to the street. Men with Tommy guns. They're surrounding the house. Oh, it has come. I always wondered when it would be. Five of them are heading for the rear door. Cato? Yes? Bring me that black box. It is heavy. Be careful. Set it down here. Gently. Now, attach a fuse to it. You will find them in the leather case on the chair. What are you going to do? There is only one honorable defeat, Brower. Death. This box contains explosive enough to blow the house and everyone in it into oblivion. I hear them coming up the steps. That is our only consolation. We will take some of them with us into the Valley of the Shadows. Light the fuse, Cato. Unaware that the leopard woman is about to make a final murderous gesture, Kent, Major Campbell, and three Secret Service men mount the steps to the room where a short fuse is sputtering closer and closer to the box of high explosives. Can anything save Major Campbell and his men from destruction? Don't miss the next revealing episode for Thrills Galore. Tune in and follow the story with Superman. Don't forget, tune in again for the next thrilling episode with Superman. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can leap tall buildings at a single bound, race a speeding bullet to its target, Ben Steele in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth and justice. But before we join Superman, listen. And now to our story. As you remember, Clark Kent, acting as a special Secret Service agent discovered that the new headquarters of the Leopard Society and Oriental Spy Ring was located in a waterfront house. He also learned that the Leopard Woman, ruthless, cunning leader of the Spy Ring, was operating a shortwave radio sending set from the house and informing enemy submarines of the location of American oil tankers. Together with Major Campbell, chief of the espionage division, and ten Secret Service men armed with Tommy guns, Kent closed in on the hideout. As our story continues today, Kent, Campbell, and three armed agents are slowly mounting the back stairway of the house. In a dimly lit room, the leopard woman is surrounded by her Japanese henchman and a German-American radio operator named Brower. Listen. Bring me that black box, Cato. Be careful. It's heavy. What are you going to do? 
There was only one honorable defeat, Brower. Death. Set the box down here, Cato. Gently. Now attach a fuse to it. You will find them in the leather case on the chair. What's in that black box? Enough powerful explosive, Brower, to blow this house and everyone in it into oblivion. They're coming up the steps. That is our one consolation. We will take some of them with us into the Valley of the Shadows. Light the fuse, Cato. Wait a minute. Pull that fuse out. They must never take us alive, Bauer. Pull it out, I say. There. Why did you do that? There's no escape. Yes, there is. You said the house was surrounded, that they carried Tommy guns. There's still a way out. Don't answer. Can't you see there's no escape, Brower? If they capture us, it'll be disastrous to the cause. There is far more honor in death. You can have the honor. I want to live. Open up. We blow the lock. You can't get away. Now what, Brower? How can you answer them? I'll answer them. Go ahead and blow the lock. We're ready for you. That'll stop them for a while. Long enough to get out of this trap. How? The rear of the house faces the water of the harbor, doesn't it? Yes. We can get to the roof through the skylight, can't we? Yes, but what good would it do us? It's a dark night. They'll never see us if we dive off the roof into the water. Dive? Two stories into water that may be shallow? I'd rather do that than sit in jail for the rest of my life or be blown to pieces. We're giving you one last chance to open up. Come on. We've got to work fast. Cato, you and the rest will follow us. Wait a minute. That won't work. They'll have to stay behind. A splashing in the water will attract attention. Don't be a fool, Brower. Do you think for one moment... It is correct. I will replace the fuse in the black box and accomplish all that was planned. But, Cato, you mean... It is a sacrifice for which we shall be well paid in the glory of our ancestors. Not so? You speak with great courage, Cato. Come on. We have much time. Farewell, Cato. Farewell. And may good fortune be with you. Leaving Cato and the other members of the spy ring to perish in the impending explosion, Brower and the leopard woman climb through the skylight to the roof. Meanwhile, at the door, Major Campbell is preparing to blow the lock with a pistol. All right. Let me have your gun, O'Hara. Stand back, Kent. One shot should do it. Wait a minute, Major. I hear something. Yeah, what? Sounds like the sputtering of a fuse. That's what it is. We'd better get out of here. Hurry. Hey, hey, Bert, Kate. Don't argue. They're setting a bomb off. This house will go sky high. Hurry. Kate, where are you? Kate. O'Hara. Did he go outside? I didn't see him, Mr. Kent. Sorry, did. Well, see if you can find him, will you? Hurry up now. Good thing it's dark on this stairway. Made it easier to get Campbell to slip. Now to get back to that door, break in, and find out what's doing. Sir, that's a few sputtering, all right. This is beginning to look like a job for Superman. One good shove should finish the door. Here goes. Great, Scott. A dozen chaps seated around a box of high explosive. I'm full late. It's going up. Swim. Swim faster if you can. That explosion set fire to the house. We jumped just in time. I, I can't go any These clothes weigh me down. How much further is it? Not far. My speedboat is anchored near the end of the breakwater. There it is. Will they see us? No. They're too busy watching the house. The whole roof blew out. Poor Kate. Here we are. Tread water until I climb in. 
Hold on to the gunnel. All right. Let me have your hand. Lift yourself up. I can't. As I pull. No. Oh. And a little more. Okay. Oh. Okay. Oh. Uh, it won't take long to get us started. And then across the harbor. Across the harbor? Yes. To get hold of a car that'll carry us to freedom. I tell you, Kent was trapped in the house, O'Hara. He never came out. He's somewhere in that blazing inferno. Well, at least, Major, you might make an attempt to rescue me. Kent! <laughs> oh, the love of heaven, man, what happened to you? Well, nothing very exciting. I walked out behind you just before the explosion. Oh, I was certain you were caught in it. Well, not quite. But most of the leopard society was, I can assure you. Well, what do you mean, most of them? Those who were in the house at the time. You won't know who until that fire burns itself out, and even then identification may be difficult. The fire department should be here any minute now. Call went in. Oh, incidentally, I want to apologize, Kent. You were a hundred percent right this time. Oh, forget it, Major. Well, I've got to buzz my paper. After all, this is news, and I'm still a reporter. I'll be back. Carmody, editorial room. Clark Kent calling. One moment, Mr. Kent. Thank you. Hello? A comedy. Clark Kent. Oh, brother, are you in for it? Yeah, <laughs> why? The chief's been stopping around here like a bull in a china shop. He has, huh? So far, you've been fired nine times. Good. Tell him to make it an even dozen. Say, what's up, Kent? Got anything hot? Yes, sir. Red hot. A violent explosion and fire destroyed the front street hideout of an oriental spy ring ten minutes ago. The explosion was a suicide gesture on the part of the Japanese agents who made up the ring. Trapped by armed secret service operatives, they took the traditional oriental way out, self-inflicted death. There is still no accurate count of how many perished. I'll, uh, I'll get back to you later with more details, Carmody. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on. Here comes Major Campbell, he looks excited. Maybe he's got something new, hold a while. Kent! They got away. Who got away? The leopard woman in Brower, I guess. How do you know? The police. They they held up a car. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, no sense holding on, Carmody. I'll get back to you. Okay. Now, just what happened, Major? I just spoke to one of the state troopers. Yeah? A man and a woman stopped a car on the highway just a few minutes ago, slugged the driver, and rode off. Oh. They were both dripping wet. And the woman answered the description of the leopard woman. Well, we mustn't jump to conclusions, Major. If Brower and the leopard woman were in the house... How could they have gotten out before the explosion? Your men were guarding all the doors. I know, Kent. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Did you say they were wet? That's what the state trooper said. Oh, that begins to make sense. We should have thought of that. Yeah, thought of what? The roof. The rear of that house faced the water. Brower and the leopard woman might have jumped off the roof, landed in the water, and somehow reached shore. Come on, I want to talk to that state trooper. Where are we going, Brower? I don't know yet. Is that car still following us? Nope. Turned off. Switch on the radio. See if you can pick up a news broadcast. All right. We might find out if they know we're missing. Takes a few seconds to heat up. So don't forget. 
go to your nearest bank or post office and put all the money you can into United States defense bonds and stamps. Get something else. And now for the latest news. No, wait. Contrary to first belief, the explosion and fire in the Front Street headquarters of a dangerous Oriental spy ring did not take the life of the ring's female leader, the Leopard Woman. That's it. Listen. Police have just admitted that the Leopard Woman and a German-American espionage agent named Brower made good their escape, but are confident that they will be under arrest shortly. An eight-state alarm has gone out and all roads leading from Metropolis are under armed guard since it is believed the spies are attempting to escape in a stolen car. That's enough. Major Campbell, chief of detective. He said all roads are being guarded. I heard him. What will we do? We'll get off the roads. I don't understand. Look, there's a private seaplane base a mile or so from here. We'll have to take over a ship and head out to sea. What good will that do us? If we can contact one of our submarines, it'll do us a lot of good. Sooner or later, they'll catch us if we keep riding this way. They won't catch us in the air. And what if we cannot contact a submarine? Hmm. We'll fly until our gas gives out. Then you can enjoy that honorable death you were talking about. But don't worry. Both the U-21 and the U-27 are offshore. We'll raise one of them. Once again, the leopard woman seems about to slip through the fingers of the law. Can Brower put his plan through? Will he and the leopard woman escape? The story comes to a smashing climax in the next episode, so don't miss it. Tune in and follow it with the Superman. Don't forget, tune in again for the next thrilling episode with Superman. It's a plane. It's Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Yes, it's Superman! Strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can leap tall buildings at a single bound, race a speeding bullet to its target, bend steel in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth and justice. But before we join Superman, listen. And now to our story. When a violent explosion set fire to the waterfront hideout of the Leopard Woman spy ring, Clark Kent and Major Campbell, chief of the Secret Service, were certain the woman and her Japanese henchmen had perished. But unknown to them, the cunning female spy, together with her radio operator, a man named Brower, made good her escape by jumping off the roof into the water a moment before the explosion leveled the house. As our story continues today, we find them speeding along the road in a stolen car. Brower is at the wheel. From a news broadcast heard on the car radio, they've just learned that the police of eight states are now on their trail. Listen. 
Well, what do we do now? You heard what the radio said. The roads are under guard. We'll get off the roads. What do you mean? There's a private seaplane base up ahead. We've got to get one of the ships and head out to sea. What good will that do us? None of those private planes carry enough gas to get us far. We won't have far to go. Not if we can contact one of our submarines off the coast. It's our only chance now that they know or even suspect that we escaped. There's the base. I'll turn in. There's only one plane moored. One is enough. Come on. I don't see anyone around. There's a watchman in that shack. He's asleep. We shouldn't have any trouble. You a revolver? Yes, but it got soaking wet. I can use the butt. Now, quiet. You stay out here. I'll sneak in and take care of him. He's dead to the world. This should be a cinch. Watch the road in case anyone stops or drives in. I will, but hurry. Okay. He won't wake up for a while. Yeah, he won't wake up. What about keys? We won't need them. I'll cross the ignition wires. Come on, we've got to row out to the plane. Wait a minute. Get down. There's a car coming. All right, come on. There's a rowboat tied to the dock. Any oars in it? Yes. Well, we're running in luck. Hop in. Can you make it? I think so. All right? Yes. Sit in the back seat. I'll cast off. Well, so far, so good. Are you sure you can get the plane started? Positive. Won't be the first time I've crossed wires. Say, uh, you can fly a seaplane, can't you? Why not? No different from any other plane, except the pontoon. Suppose it has no radio. That's the chance we're taking. Easy, easy. You're right on top of it. Pull in your right. I'll grab the mooring line. I've got it. Now, can you get aboard? I'll keep the boat close. Don't pull in. I won't. Open the cabin door. I'll climb inside. I'll follow you. What about the boat? That's the least of my worries. Here I come. Okay. Close the door. You can get her started. We're all right. Don't worry about that. Now, see if there's a flashlight in the tool compartment. Yes. Good. Shine it under the dashboard. There's a radio, isn't there? Yes. Yes, sending and receiving. Hold the light steady. Step on the starter. That's enough. Any trouble? No, I'll get it. Power? What? A car just pulled in off the road. Two men are walking toward the shack. Step on the starter. There she goes. The men are running down to the dock. Get set to give her the gun. I'll cut the mooring line. Okay, let her go. like some monstrous seabird, the plane roars into the darkness headed for the open ocean. Meanwhile, back at the metropolis office of the Secret Service, Clark Kent and Major Campbell await word of the leopard woman's arrest. Kent, that woman is amazing. 
I can't bring myself to believe that she dove off that roof. It just doesn't seem possible. And by this time, you should realize that anything's possible. She took a desperate chance. Well, what good did it do her? She's bound to be picked up. Every road leading out of Metropolis is covered. They can't get through. I hope you're right, Major. She's led us quite a chase. I'd like nothing better than to see her behind bars. Hmm. If you recall, she was behind bars once. Your brilliant little plan let her out. Now, let's not bring that up. Hmm. Excuse me. Major Campbell speaking. Oh, yes? What? Oh, hold on a minute. Uh, Kent, jot this down as I give it to you. All right. Uh, go ahead. Midtown Harbor Seaplane Base, Amphibian NX-312. Yes, I've got that. Uh, what, what time was this? 5.30 a.m. Any description? I see. All right. Uh, thanks a lot. Yes, I'll check on it. Well, this looks bad, Kent. What's it all about? A man and a woman slugged the watchman at the Midtown Harbor Seaplane Base at 5.30 this morning and stole an amphibian moored offshore. Stole it? A man and a woman? Yes. Does that mean anything to you? It might mean plenty. Who was that call? McCary at the state police barracks. Said two of his men drove in just as the plane took off. Uh-huh. Found the watchman out cold. Okay, oh, I don't like it. That woman has slipped through again. Let's not jump to conclusions, Major. In the first place, what good would a seaplane do the leopard woman? I don't know, but I'm willing to bet she's behind this. We know she and Brower escaped the explosion, stole a car on the state highway, and were headed out of the city. Wait a minute. The firemen found a shortwave sending set in the wreckage of that building, didn't they? Yes. What's that got to do with it? Well, it proved our original suspicion was correct. That the leopard woman was communicating with enemy submarines offshore. I still don't get the point. That seaplane. Was it radio-equipped? McCary didn't say. What are you driving at, Ken? Simply this. If the leopard woman and Brower did steal that plane, they're probably planning to contact a foreign sub, get aboard, and make a perfect getaway. Well, what are we going to do about it? Sit here and stare at one another? No, we've got to get to a shortwave listening post, a Coast Guard station. Maybe we can pick up the plane signal. Come on. Now, wait a minute. O'Hara, meet me downstairs with a car. Yes, right away. Come on, Major. I'm coming. I'm coming. Well, anything doing, Kent? No, not yet. You never told me you could handle shortwave apparatus. There's not much you can't do. That's laying it on a little thick, Major. Hey, wait. Something's coming through. I'll switch it to the speaker, listen. Must have position. Urgent. Must have position. Urgent. Check. Agent 1-4. Code word. Anschluss. Come in. What's that? Oh, we're calling from the plane. Listen. Position 65 miles southwest harbor. Is that the submarine? Yes. Our hunch was right. Well, where are you going, Kent? I got an idea. Call the Navy Yard and give them the location of that sub. I'll be back. Racing down the hall, Kent darts into a vacant office, closes the door behind him. In a moment, his street clothes give way to the blue costume and brilliant red cape of Superman. Stepping to the window, he raises it. 65 miles southwest. You're in for a surprise, leopard woman. A very unpleasant surprise. Up! Up! And away! Compliment you, Brower. Everything worked out to perfection. Oh, it was better than being blown up? Yes, far better. We should be sighting the U-21 soon. Look for a periscope. Fortunately, the sea is calm. We should have no trouble landing. Before we set the plane adrift or sink it, I should like to send a final message to our friend, Mr. Kent. <laughs> it would be amusing to... What's the matter? I don't know. Something's wrong. 
The controls don't respond. We're banking. No, it can't be. Look! Kate's at the window. I saw it. It's gone now. What's happening? He's heading back toward land. Flower! Cut the motor. We're still moving. Faster than before. What's that wind? I can't believe it. It's insane. Flower, something is pushing us. Flower! I don't know how you accomplished it, Kent. But if anyone ever needs the services of a superman, I'll send them to you. <laughs> nice of you to say that, Major, but... I know. It was nothing. Nothing except that a stolen plane, piloted by one of the most dangerous foreign spies in the world, suddenly comes down on the beach in a perfect three-point landing, and when the Coast Guard men haul Brower and the Leopard Woman out, they're so frightened they can't talk. That's nothing. Well, maybe someday you'll be able to tell me how it was done. Perhaps. But in the meantime, I have a story to get out. Well, then I'll leave you. Oh, uh, by the way, how's that youngster, the, uh, the one who opened up all this spy business? Jimmy Olsen? Hmm. Oh, he's fine. Mr. White, the editor, sent him to a dude ranch after he got out of the hospital. He's there now. Well, give him my regards if you see him. Sure thing. Bye. Bye, Kent. Now, to get to that story. Oh, now what? Hello. Yes, this is Clark Kent. Where? Rocky Point. Yes, I'll accept the call. Jimmy is. What he wants. Yes? Yes, hello, Jimmy. How are you? What? I I, I can't hear you, Jim. Trouble? What kind of trouble? Were you in the accident? What? Did you say ghost car? Ghost? Now, take it easy, Jimmy, and tell... Hello. Jimmy. Hello. Operator. Operator. Well, it certainly looks like another baffling mystery is brewing. What could Jimmy have meant by a ghost car? And why was he suddenly cut off? Don't miss the next episode. It begins another thrilling adventure. Tune in and follow the story with the Superman. Don't forget, tune in again for the next thrilling episode with... Superman! Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silver age heroes join us again same bat time same bat station for another presentation of silver age heroes radio theater excelsior